Welcome to Running Down the Clock, where we break down all of this week's big news, events, and controversies from the National Football League. Over the next 45 minutes, we will give you basic fan perspective and opinion on the most important stories and moments happening now. So, let's start the clock. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Running Down the Clock. I am Tyler Walzak. I'm here with Puya Ricey. Puya, we were just going over that last time, uh, last year when we forgot to press the record button and then talked for an hour and had to uh, do another one at like 2 or 3 a.m. Do you remember that? I remember that. And that was the best episode ever. We could never recreate it. But I will never forget to tell you to record again. No, it's that. like that. No one will ever hear it either. It's like that Wu-Tang album. It's out there. It's It's... But oh, the one that uh, rich guy bought that everyone yeah. hates. Yeah, I forget his name. That guy was he had his good fifteen minutes of fame, eh? Yeah. What did he? He had some medication, right? That he jacked up the price. Yeah, it was like medication for HIV or AIDS or something like that. And right. He it was the only one, and he jacked up the price for it. Something like that, I believe. Anyways, that's not what this is about. This is about football, and I know we usually talk about the NFL, but we brought up, uh, I think last week or the week before. Colorado University, um, Shadur Sanders, quarterback, playing Caleb Williams, um, quarterback for USC coming up, a point that you made. It got a little less interesting this past weekend because their best player in Colorado, two-way player, wide receiver, and star defensive back Travis Hunter hit uh, pretty hard down the sideline and, man, pretty controversial. Did you see the hit? I did. It, It was a late hit. It definitely was late. I don't know if it's the worst hit I've ever seen, though. I think it's just unfortunate he got hurt because of it. You know, it's a it's a tough game, and the guys are playing hard. And you, what he got a lacerated liver out of it. Is yeah. that what Travis yeah. Hunter suffered? Yeah. So that's that's a pretty unusual injury. I'd I'd like to think. You know, I've never heard of that happening, or it doesn't happen frequently. No, I mean from football hits. It was. Yes, it was a late hit. It was late. It was a late it hit. It wasn't the most egregious hit, though. Like, it was a clean hit. It was just late. I think, and again, I don't know anything except for what led up to the game and then that moment of the game. Um, leading up to the game, the uh, the coach for Colorado State came out and said some stupid shit that got Colorado way more motivated than it ever needed to be because there's they're always underdogs. So they're always going to play underdog roles. So you don't need to give them more, um, any more reason to come out um, and beat you. But I think the kid that hit Travis Hunter was just trying to make a statement for his team as well. Like, hey, we're also here. Like, we I know there was all this stuff going on before the game, but Absolutely. we're we're trying to also amp ourselves up for this. It's game. a rivalry game, exactly. Yeah. Now the problem with this is that that kid um, is a nobody. And he hit one of the most exciting players in college after the fact, and then has now made everybody suffer for the next two games with Colorado because they play Oregon, which is ranked this weekend. And then they play USC, which is like a top five team next weekend. And you want to see what they can do, how they stack up against those, against those two teams, but they need their best players to do it. And now we've all kind of just been kind of like screwed over from seeing that happen. Did you see Deion Sanders' comments about it? Yeah, I mean, super classy. Like, yeah. very classy was one of those things where, what else is he supposed to say? Like, the, the and that kid is going through some shit right now. But it was it's just a matter of who he is versus who he hit. 
And I know he's trying to like get his team pumped up and amped up stuff. I'm sure he didn't mean to, to hurt him, but it just happened to be all those factors together. Right. It's kind of, it sucks for everybody. Can I throw an NFL comparison in there? Obviously you saw the hit on Nick Chubb. Yes. When you go low at a guy's knees, it is legal. It's a great way to get him down. But man, is it risky for a guy's health. A hundred percent. But here's the problem with that. And I, I do like the segue. Um, but you can't hit a guy above the shoulders anymore without hitting their helmet and getting a penalty. So it's almost like you as a defensive player, you have to go low because you're going to get called for a penalty or you're going to concuss somebody going high. I guess it's it. considered a dirty hit either way, unless you hit somebody like square with your head turned and it has, it's, well, the it's Travis Hunter hit, at. he caught him square. Like, I mean, oh, yeah, he hit him in right Beside the, chest, the fact so. that it was late, it was a clean hit. Yes. It was just late after the play. Yeah. It was, it, and he had to go around a couple guys to hit him. Yeah. But I mean, it, yeah, the Nick Chubb thing is, it sucks for everybody too, because Nick Chubb's probably one of the only backs in the league right now that's like an every down like bell cow carrier. Um, and it's, it, it, it was all Cleveland had running wise. And now they're going to have to go look at like a cream hunt again. Yeah. They're talking about trading for cam Akers or pick up cream hunt. I worry that if you saw it and he's, I think he's got a knee injury history from college or something. Right. I'm worried that the, looking at that injury, he might never be the same again. He might never be able to play the same way. No, a lot if of like, can even, see, like there's a possibility he can never come back, you know? I agree. And that sucks too. Like you see That's a lot terrible. of these injuries, ACLs and MCLs, where the knee is going forward and it just gets kind of popped straight back. This was a side. This was like, um, there's the movie with Tom Cruise where he drives around in the taxi cab with uh, Jamie collateral. Fox. Yeah, collateral. Uh, Tom Cruise walks into the club and just absolutely stomps on the inside and got some guy's knee and pops it out. Like that was like, yeah, that's just a movie reference, but um, yeah, going sideways like that's gotta be tougher to come back from, but I'm not a doctor either. No, I mean, I wish him the best. He's, he was a solid player, good guy. And, you know, watching those comments that all the running backs had at the beginning of the season and their concerns. And of course, this is exactly a lot of them, a lot of them going down now. That's and this is exactly why they want all that stuff, yeah. and it's just all they want is a they want a little bit more money and they want for a longer contract for guaranteed, so that because they are taking most of the risk and and some of these plays, um, it's not great. But I mean, they also lost that game, and it's it's kind of their offense runs around whatever Nick Chubb does. They're based around that player. So Pittsburgh came out, got the W. Um, <laughs> We'll get to the fans later, but Matt Canada's job, the offensive coordinator in Pittsburgh Steelers, he has maybe two more games to prove himself, and then he could be out. Yeah, and I heard the chance. Yeah, the chance after the fact of like fire Matt Canada after a win is pretty damning. Yeah, pretty well, damning. Deshaun Watson isn't there yet, you know. No. Will he ever be the old Deshaun Watson? You and I both kind of expressed we don't think so. We don't yep. think that you take off that kind of time and come back better. No, but Matt Canada is the offense coordinator for the Steelers. Right. But what I'm saying is they won that game because Oh, you think because Cleveland the, couldn't yeah, get a lot going. Well, I mean, they didn't they lost their star player. Yeah. But I, I thought uh what was it, Ford? He did a great job in his plays. 
Yeah, he's not bad. I mean, and if they, it would be smart. It's kind of almost, I don't want to say poetic, but it is good for them and good for Kareem Hunt to maybe reconcile and have Kareem Hunt come back to the team that he was just on for two years. He knows the system. He knows the offense. Um, come back and he can fit right in. Yeah, he it, comes back for less money or or what? It was well, a money thing, right? Yep. That was the whole issue. No, it was a money. It was. It's a money so thing now, now, but is he with him, it's not a more money. money. Cause they're more desperate or he'll get more money. Cause they're more desperate. But with, with Kareem hunt, it wasn't a money thing. It was, he wanted more carries. He wanted to be a, a one, a running RB one when they already knew that they had RB one and Nick Chubb. So Kareem hunts like, well, I'm not going to get the money I should get for being an RB one. I'll go. He remember he asked to be traded from the Browns last year. So it doesn't seem like he'd want to go back, but now the situation is a little bit better for him. And maybe he was waiting for a big injury to go to that team and just so happened to be the team that he used to be on. So it might be smart for the Browns to pick him up. He'd be a, a shorter learning curve. Um, one of the other Monday night games, Bryce Young. Now Panthers don't look great, um, but there's a stat with Bryce Young and he's a young quarterback and you can't always trust young quarterbacks. His first year rookie quarterback. When he was pressured, he was four for nine for 20 yards. No pressure, 18 for 24, 133 yards and a touchdown. So a lot of people are shitting on Bryce Young and saying, oh, well, it's a, not a great pick, not a great pick. The offensive line needs to kind of like step up a little bit, help him out. Yeah, I I hate to count out a guy who's two games into his career. Yeah. You know, it's, there's a learning curve, right? Of course. It's the hardest learning curve in sports might be running an, running the being the quarterback on an offense. Um, on a bad team. Yeah. Turning yeah. around like not a great team, right? Yeah. Like we've discussed many times the Brock Purdy situation where not taking away anything from Brock, but he's got a little bit easier of a situation to go into where everybody's good. He just has to keep up. 100%. Whereas, you know, we've seen a lot of teams just kill quarterback after quarterback trying to resurrect an organization, right? Yeah, absolutely. They only came away with a seven-point win, though, the 49ers against the Rams. It's uh, closer than I thought it was going to be. Are um, you, you know, we love the conspiracies on the show. Are you in on this conspiracy that they only kicked that field goal? Oh, yeah. Let's talk about this. To kill the bets. Okay. So just if, to beat the spread. Yeah. I'm sure most people listening know, um, but they might not. Is the 49ers, the spread in the 49ers Rams game was seven and a half favor of the 49ers. Rams have the ball, the end of the game four seconds left on the 20 yard line. They're down by 10, whatever they do, they can't win this game. So they bring it, send in their kicker and, uh, make the field goal. Take a field goal. And they're only down by seven. They beat the spread. Now, why do you think that would happen? The only logical thing, and this is the most likely thing, always go with the most likely answer is within the division. The first tiebreaker is points differential. So as a coach, you'd think you'd probably know that, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, let me read off some of the uh, tiebreakers to win a division and we'll go head to head to head. Uh, sorry, with like two clubs tied to win the division. These are in order, the tiebreakers. The first one's head to head. So whoever won head to head. The second one is best one loss tied uh, percentage in games played within their division. The third is common games. So then you add the teams that they both played at, from like different divisions together. After that, it's games within the conference. 
then it's strength of victory, then it's strength of schedule, then it's best combined ranking among conference teams in points scored, then it's best ranking among all teams in points scored and points allowed, then, it's, then it comes down to best net points in common games. So the ninth tiebreaker is, is point differential. Yeah, I mean, uh, you got to go for the touchdown at that point. The ninth tiebreaker? Take what do you knee. care about three points versus seven points, six points? Well, at that point, just take a knee. Like, they are out there betting. They were 100% not, they didn't, I'm not saying, oh, whoa, they're not betting. But they are out there to beat the spread for betters. Yeah. That was a fuck you to anybody who bet against them to, to not uh, cover the spread. Yeah. Now, I like it. Spike think it goes, Spike kick. Uh, that's all fine and dandy. That's, you know, that's them just sticking it to people. The conspiracy theory is that they got a phone call from Vegas. I say that with air quotes saying, Hey, you just got to beat the spread or the NFL's telling them you got to beat the spread. That's the conspiracy theory. The, the theory of they're just like, they know what the spread is and they think, you know what, at least let's beat it. That's fine. That's just being competitive, finding your own little victory. But the fun in finding the conspiracy theory is that they got this anonymous phone call on the bat phone late in the fourth <laughs> quarter. Some mysterious voice, probably, you know, one of those like uh, deep throat voices. I don't know what the word is. It's a voice modulator. Telling them, beat the spread. That's, that's it. Just three words. Beat the spread or kick they know what to do. the field goal. Yeah. That's pretty funny. I mean... We haven't I, had any conspiracy just, theories yet this year. This is our well, first I mean, one. week two. Well, it's only week two. I try to get one a week. <laughs> what was last week's? Well, I try. I don't think we had one last week. All right. Well, each week we'll have to come up with a conspiracy theory. I think that's your new segment. We can call it the Puya's conspiracy, conspiracy Theory of the Week. I actually like that. That's great. I love it. That's great. I'm all in. I'm all in on that. All right. Let's make sure that we'll stamp it down here. Write that down. Stamp it in. Next week we'll be back with uh, Puya's Conspiracy of the Week. Um, no conspiracy here is Barry Sanders is the best running back of all time to play the game of football. And this past Saturday, he was given a statue outside of Detroit, finally. And that statue is fucking beautiful. Have you seen it? I saw it. It's a good statue. You know, sometimes those statues come out and they're just kind of garbage. A little too, they're a little too artistic. Do you remember the statue that the Washington Commanders gave Sean Taylor last year? Yeah, we discussed that. I don't think it qualifies as a statue. It was kind of a negative space mannequin with the wrong jersey and shoes. Yeah, it was I, not a statue. That no, was it wasn't. This is that a proper statue. And this is a statue. Yeah, there's. I just say there's no better player in the city of Detroit to have a statue that's overdue for them than Barry Sanders. And I hope Calvin Johnson is, is on his way in the next 10 years. Yeah. Now there was a little bit of marketing because he's got a documentary coming out. No, November 21st, Amazon yeah. prime. So he was saying in the documentary, he's finally going to reveal the reason why he walked away from the game. Yeah. No, yeah. Bye bye. Barry is what the uh, documentary is called. Very much looking forward to it. The, game itself though did not go so great i mean actually let me take that back the game was fantastic. Well, what i was going to say about that is don't we already know why he walked away he i thought he walked away because he didn't he wanted to be able to walk for the rest of his life yeah i thought that was it like he kind of had a plan of he's going to play this long and yeah he did know, he, he said when he came in the nfl i'm going to play 10 years he played 10 years and he left 
Yeah. No, I, I agree. It, that was, and it's common. So knowledge. is this a marketing ploy or is there something more to it? It's got to be a marketing ploy at some point. Like, yeah. Hey, hey, Barry, we'll give you some money if you we, you let us do a documentary on why you left. Okay, great. But everybody in Detroit knows why he left. He said he was going to play 10 years when he was drafted in his press conference. I'm going to play 10 years for the Detroit Lions and then I'm going to retire. And then he played 10 years and he retired. It's not that complicated. Made the Pro Bowl all 10 years. Every 10 year, every year he made the Pro Bowl in his 10-year career. And for 10? Um, yeah, the game, though, was very exciting. The Lions lost, but the fact that they were able to come back from the, Jared Goff threw a pick with four minutes left in the game, put the lines down 10, but they get the ball back. They go down, they score, they get the ball back. They kick a field goal um, that you like to see as a lions fan. We need to talk about these overtime rules again, though. It always sucks when you didn't get a possession, an offensive possession in overtime. A thousand percent. It just thousand percent. It sucks. I don't like that way of concluding the game. Now, I had a pitch. Go. The overtime rule is to make it quick, a quick settlement. You flip the coin, the winner chooses offense or defense, and that's it. You have either, if you take offense, you got to score. If you take defense, you just got to stop them from scoring. That's it. So you got to take your pick of which one you want. Now, what's easier? Well, is it uh, like uh, does a field goal win the game if you score? That's yeah, a anything. Score. Any a score wins the game. Okay, so you just if you choose to have the ball, you need at least a field goal or a touchdown to win the game. If you don't get the ball, all you have to do is stop them. Unfortunately, just down. stop them. A three and out, and it's over. So that's, you know what? I actually don't think that's a bad idea. So um, what would you take? Like knowing your team. Would you rather take them the take the offensive option or take the defensive option? Well, if you're the Detroit Lions, you take offense. Um, if you're the team like Dallas Cowboys, you probably go defense. Yeah. So then it still comes. The only flaw is then it still comes down to a coin toss to decide your fate. Because if you lose the toss, yeah. If you're an offensive heavy team, now you're yeah. still relying on defense. I that you're not wrong. The coin toss is always going to decide it until you allow both teams to have the ball. Um, now this is why I actually like the college system where you get the ball on the 35, whatever points you get or don't get the other team gets the ball on the 35 and they can either win it if they get more points than what you got, or they lose it or they tie like, and then you just keep going back and forth until there's a, a difference in the score. Yeah. It's odd to me because you look at a sport like baseball where one game is somewhat inconsequential just because there's 162 of them. Yeah. Whereas football, one game means so much. It's a 17th of your season. Yeah. The fact that they wouldn't give kind of a better opportunity to give both teams a fair shot at winning. I agree. And then in the it, playoffs, you change it. Like, it, I don't know why you would make now. that a yeah. rule for the playoffs and not for regular season. Well, exactly. Because the regular season still means a lot, right? Like one game still means a lot. It's strange. A hundred percent. I don't. I don't get it. I don't understand the logic about it. I mean, I wish we could talk to somebody who does know why it's like that, but we don't want to call in our favors this early. I the think they need to get the stadiums empty, clean up, and prepare for the next week. They just that, want it no, because over. What if you're on the road? What they if you're want on the road? it over? <laughs> well, then, then do your system. Yeah, I don't know. It, you know, do you remember how it used to be? Like it, it used just, to just be a field goal wins it. Yeah, you didn't even have a rebuttal. Yeah. That was it. Like it literally came down to the coin toss. 
most it of the is time. like they're just trying to it's like they've rented it out and they're like oh hey we've our our we're out of time our, our, it's our gotta time. end we gotta go gotta end this now it's very odd it's very strange but uh it was a great game to watch it was very exciting i mean we will be lucky if the lions if these lions and these seattle seahawks play each other every year man that's going to be exciting hopefully next year it's in seattle we go now does your girlfriend enjoy watching the lions games she's okay she listening? Yeah, she's she's not listening, but she will listen tomorrow. So don't think I'm. I hope none nobody listening to this thinks I'm talking behind her back. She knows I'm going to talk shit on her, um, this podcast because she's very much getting into the lines. She went out and bought herself a Detroit Lions sweater, um, so she's getting into the lines. I've warned her not to do so, just because it's misery, misery forever for the rest of your life. If you start becoming a fan of the Detroit Lions, you're going to be miserable. Now, we were watching this game. She fell asleep. She woke up. It was in overtime. Um, and mind you, we got back. We were camping, so we got back late. So we watched this taped. We were able to avoid the score, and we watched it during the afternoon games. And she woke up in overtime. She didn't know who won. We watched the game. They lost. And then the Sunday night game came on. Again, she doesn't know pain with losing. She doesn't really care that much about them yet. So she doesn't know if we're supposed to be happy or sad or how upset we're supposed to be. And as a Lions fan, you're never upset when they lose because they lose all the fuck time. So we're watching Sunday night football and she says, okay, well, can we change the channel now? Like, what do you, what do you mean? There's that still, we got three more quarters of football left here. And she goes, yeah, but we, we just watched the Lions game. And then you watched football all last Sunday. It's like, well, yeah, it's, this is what, again, we Sunday. haven't gone through. We're kind of a new relationship. We haven't gone through a football season before. And we live together now. She she said that to me, and I went wide-eyed and said, it's week two. You've got eight, there's 18 weeks in the regular season where all three of these TVs are going to be on football. And then we got playoffs, so you can get some, like, like, some there's not as many games in the playoffs, so you can get some time for your for yourself there. But we got Thursday games for the next 18 weeks. We got uh Sunday games for the next 18 weeks, and we got a game Monday for the next 18 weeks. And then on top of that, when December rolls around, we got games on Saturday. So you gotta you gotta get on board now, or you gotta find something to do on Sunday. So I, I got two points to say. Number one, um, Camping. You've never camped in your life. You don't know the first thing about camping. Isn't that her activity? Like the you going camping, doesn't that constitute like, hey, I went camping with you for the weekend? We're got a Sunday of football now. That's, Does that is that not an even Yeah, but that's just that's how you should be thinking. You think yeah. logically, you're not a girl. No. <laughs> the second point I got you're not the is, girl I'm dating who doesn't seem to The to second point I got is it seems sometimes partners and relationships, they don't kind of, you know, it, um, they don't take in the warning signs that you've given them. When yeah. you have a three TV setup and they say, why do you have three TVs? Oh, so I can watch three football games at the same time. Yeah. They think, you're okay. Joking. They just think like, there's, you know, like maybe like once every four years, there's just like this perfect storm that there's three games on at the same time. <laughs> and they think like, okay, well, this will happen once in a blue moon. It's unlikely. No, no, no. this is going to be a weekly thing. I don't think they realize that this weeks. is a weekly thing for 17 straight weeks plus playoffs. Yep. For the rest of my existence. That is correct. And, and I, I don't even make, put those two and two together. I don't even really make her watch Saturday college football games. So like she doesn't, she actually doesn't realize how yeah, she has it. You haven't made her watch the masters or golf yet. We did watch 
something about golf the other day. Oh no, because summer's easier. No, yeah, no, summer's easier because she can go sit outside or yeah. I make it I make it sound like I put her outside, but she can go outside with one of the TVs or something during golf. But like there was you're right, those are warning signs that and then when I tell you straight up, like, well, there's gonna be football for 18 straight weeks, and there's all these TVs are gonna be able to watch different games. So that we can we can be on board with our fantasy podcast. That's the only reason we watch all all this football, or not fantasy podcasts, our football podcast. Fantasy teams have a lot to do with it, though. Um, <laughs> but there's going to be a this is a problem because just before we got on this podcast, um, her mom is coming to visit. Not this week, not this weekend, but the next weekend, and they're going to the island. So her mom gets here Thursday afternoon. They go to the island Friday. I got to pick her up Sunday from the um, ferry at five o'clock. I said, "Ooh, let's let's go to week four and see who's playing at five o'clock on Sunday." Little did I know that uh, her mom's birthday is the night before she gets here. So we're going out for dinner Thursday night, and the Lions play the Packers Thursday night. That's a big game. You can't miss. That's a I can't one. miss that game. I'm sorry. No. Kind of already told her, like, hey, I, I might not be able to go. Or maybe we put dinner to like 8.30 maybe. And she said, well, my mom's on the East Coast time, so she's going to be tired her first night here. Yeah. So I guess I just won't what be What time did you grow up eating dinner at? Just going to uh, 5 o'clock. He was super white. I was 7.30. We were 7.30. <laughs> super white. It is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 5, five o'clock, o'clock was dinner. early. I eat dinner now at 8.30, 9. Yeah, I mean, like, I, my schedule is just non-existent. Like, I, I, I eat dinner sometimes at one in the morning. Like, it's, yeah. Well, we'll see but, how much of a Lions fan she is if she, if she just lets her mom go to dinner by herself and she sits oh, here and watches. I, I will be surprised if she can survive a football season from the sounds of things. <laughs> All right, take it easy. I here's the thing: she can't cope with being a football fan, let alone a Lions fan. Oh, well, that's the you, thing. You know, you you're starting her at level hard. I know. You, you know, you got to start her off with like, you know, like an easy win team, like a 49ers fan or something. Say, right now. If she was a 49ers fan, a lot to enjoy. celebrate every week. Yeah. Nice and easy. <laughs> flying through highlight reel after highlight reel. No, she's going to be upset every Sunday watching football that she yeah. hates watching. And Tyler, this sucks. is not fun. We keep losing. Why do we have to watch this every week? <laughs> I still don't know why I watch it every week. Yeah. Oh, you're oh. committed. You're invested. Yeah, I'll be the happiest person when all this shit stops being shit. You know all those people that went down with the Titanic, you know, the musicians, they accepted their fate. They're going down with the ship. Yeah. That, you know, you're you're how many years invested in the Lions? You're going down with the ship. Yeah, what'd that get them? Do you know any other names? No. Yeah. No. All right, let's move on. Uh, Let's talk about the NFC AFC because before this season started, all the talk was about how much better the AFC was over the NFC. Right now, there are seven teams in the NFC that are 2-0. The Cowboys, not Eagles. Can I throw a hot take out there for this? Yeah, for sure. Do you want to get through these? There's no difference between the NFC and AFC. Like, they're just, <laughs> it's an arbitrary thing. Like, in baseball, they have the American League and the National League where there's a slight difference in rules. So there can be a slight variation. The NFC and AFC are the same thing. There's no difference. It's just the group of teams at this point are better arbitrarily that can change throughout the season week to week there is no difference between the afc and nfc it's just an arbitrary categorization i agree with you but everybody thought all i'm saying hold up all i'm saying 
is that everybody thought the AFC was going to be way better than the NFC. NFC, seven teams that are 2-0, and and they're 6-0 and against the AFC. In games where the NFC teams have played an AFC team, they're 6-0. and Yeah. But you're right, nothing matters until you get to the playoffs. I'll, I'll tell you, there's a couple in there that are surprising. Uh, okay, well... Commanders. Let's riddle off the teams and you tell me what one you're most surprised by. Cowboys, Niners, Eagles, Commanders, Saints, Bucks, Falcons. I think the Bucks, just because their quarterback has never gone 2 0 before. There it was a big change for him. He's kind of moved around a lot lately to see him kind of get settled in so quickly. I don't think people expected that. So I think the Saint uh, the Bucks uh, are kind of the biggest surprise of getting a good start the way they did. Uh, okay. Um I'm going to go with the Falcons. I would say Falcons and Bucks, but you know what I'm more surprised about than anything is that of these seven teams, Cowboys, Eagles, Commanders are all in the same division. Saints, Bucks, Falcons are all in the same division. So six of those teams come from two divisions, yeah. Um, which is and not the two divisions you think it would be. Maybe, maybe the Cowboys, Eagles, Commanders, because three of the teams in that division went to the playoffs last year, Giants being one of them, who had a comeback win, um, or they came back from their week one disappointment and won in week two. But the Saints, Bucks, Falcons, we thought would be the worst division in football again. But that I think the jury still—it's two games. It's two games in. They haven't been playing any good teams. Okay, well, let's say this then: two games in, San Diego Chargers, Coach Staley, you hate him. He's zero and two. Two games in, are you going to write? Or what are you going to say about him? Even though it's only been two games. So in? this is my take on the Chargers. Either their coach needs to go because he just can't manage that team well because they're perennially on paper talented to to the heavens or herbert is not a high iq elite level quarterback okay one of those two things i think it's got to be one of those two things they got good players at all the other positions i'm talking on a general every year basis right two years it's got to be one of those two but now doesn't the defense have to stop somebody you're putting it all on herbert but Defense isn't really playing great, right? Yeah. Like the, the Chargers scored 24 points this game. And then uh, the game before that, they scored, I got it here, 34 points. Right. But do you remember in the uh, playoffs when they lost last year? Yeah, they were up like 17 or 21 or something. 24 like or something. Up, yeah. But they stopped scoring too. So the defense didn't make stops, but they didn't keep putting up points either. Yeah. Yeah. Right, so then that kind of shows it. I don't know. That's my take. So, who would you get rid of first, though? Would you get rid of first, like Herbert or Brandon Staley, the head coach? I think that it might you not even be Herbert. the head coach. It might not even be the head coach. It might be some of the coordinators. It's a brand I don't new know offensive about the organization that way, but it's a brand new offensive coordinator this year. Yeah, I think it's got to be a coaching change because I think it's going to be a lot harder to replace. Is their coach amazing? Does he have a, a, re- a history of being great? The Brandon Staley, no, no. But you're gonna this have a his tougher, first team you're gonna have a tougher coach. time finding somebody. No matter where you rank Herbert, you're gonna have a tougher time finding somebody of that caliber wherever you rank him than you are finding a coach. Okay, so it, I think 
I think that Brandon Staley very much is going to be in a hot seat if he doesn't win the next two games and it goes 0-4, don't you think? Absolutely. So do you think they play this weekend against the Vikings? Do you think they can win that game? I think they definitely can win that game. And then but they that's play... that's a that's a big win. That's a big game for both teams. Both own two. Yeah. I yeah they are. The Vikings have a lot to play for too. I just don't think their team's that great. No. But I think the Chargers win that game, and then they play the Raiders the week after that. Division game. It's in Los Angeles. The Raiders always give them a tough time, but they can beat the Raiders. So let's say they go two and two. Can they save their season? Because they got a week five bye after that. They can so they definitely can save their season. Season's not over. I'm just saying they don't seem like they're going to be getting over any humps, right? They haven't won a playoff game in how many years now? Uh, I don't know. And I, to me, there's no signs that they're, they're going to be able to get over that hump to win a playoff game. Or to go deep in the playoffs, which their goal is. I don't think their goal is to win one playoff game. No, their goal is to win at, at least. Their goal is to go to the Super Bowl, I would say. Yeah. Conference championship or better. Yeah. Because they're supposed to be that good. Yeah. With this offense, with Herbert as the quarterback. And both, they got a boast. They got a boast on the defense. Like they're supposed to be a good team. If they go 0 4, though, I'll tell you that. I don't think he's there for the rest of the season. Absolutely not. They, he goes right. Yeah. I think they get rid of him. This is kind of the flaw when you hire. So I would probably say that their head coach had something to do with hiring the offensive coordinator, right? Kellen Moore. Oh, Kellen Moore so. two years ago was up for head coaching jobs. So that it's not hard to say that the Chargers go 0 and 4, that the owner of the Chargers or the president, the GM, whoever, fires Brandon Staley and just promotes Kellen Moore to that spot. It says you're in charge for the rest of the year. If you do well, you stay. If you don't do well, we go somewhere else. Because you're not going to bring somebody, an outsider in. Probably. I mean, I don't know. I Was Jeff Saturday doing anything right now? Antonio Gates. You call Antonio Gates and say, hey, listen, we're going to give you the coaching job. Show up tomorrow and coach the game. I love that. I love that you went to Antonio Gates instead of Phillip Rivers. Well, you got to go to a, like a, you got to go to a Hall of Fame guy. I don't know. Is Phillip Rivers, Phillip Rivers not a Hall of Fame guy? He is, but I mean... Antonio they, Gates is not a Hall of Fame guy, is he? Uh, He's sorry. his first year eligible this year. A team a team Hall of Fame, like team Hall of Fame. Both those they guys are. Uh, the Colts didn't go to Peyton Manning. They went to Jeff Saturday. Maybe they went to Peyton Manning first. You don't think they called Peyton Manning first? I don't know. They 1,000% called Peyton Manning first. 1,000%. There's no doubt in my mind. Peyton Manning was, they probably called him while he was doing the Manning cast with Eli. And he was like, uh, Hey, Mr. Owner. Sorry. Uh, Ballard, I think his name is. I don't know. But, uh, not sorry. I'm trying to do a thing with Eli right now on Monday Night Football. Sorry. Can oh, I talk Jim Ursay. Jim Ursay. Jim Ursay. The there you go. That's the owner. No, they 100% went to Peyton first. I could One, see Eli, I could see Eli 100%. volunteering over the air, like just over here. So I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> let's, move, let's move on to a, another coach in the same division. Sean Payton. You think he's 0-2? What do you think of Sean Payton? Like, you, you, There's a statistic can, that no coach has ever won a Super Bowl with multiple teams. So if you follow that trend, his goal is to win a Super Bowl. They're not going to win a Super Bowl. So that's the Is end that actually true? There's no, no, no coach. coach has ever won a Super Bowl 
with two different teams in the NFL. No head coach. Who's the closest to the guy? There's been guys who have Andy Reid went with the Eagles. Yeah, he's gone to this won a Super Bowl with one team and gone to the Super Bowl with another team, but nobody has won with two teams. Right. They've won it as like a coordinator or something on one team. Like Belichick's done it. Yeah. But as a head coach, it's never happened. Do you think what do you think about these Denver Broncos with him under? I just I I think there's something missing there. Is it a quarterback? I don't I I don't I never saw them as that good of a team. Right. Like I, I they're kind of a little overhyped to me before the Russell Wilson thing. Now I didn't see the end of this game, but apparently there was a lot of controversy to it. Oh, like there was the, they the scored Mary? a touchdown, they scored a Hail Mary touchdown and they went for two. Yeah, they just didn't get the two point conversion, that's all. Oh, I thought there was something that happened on that two point conversion. That's the reason why they didn't get it. Oh, I mean, you could have called maybe a little bit of a pass interference, but it's so minimal. I mean, it's it's one of those things like oh, the holding could be called on any play. Right. It wasn't that controversial. It no. wasn't the Saints against the um the Rams. Like it wasn't like, like that. A, like, yeah, that was a bad one. That was yeah. the one that changed. No, it was nothing like that. It was to to be fair, it was a miracle that they were even in it at that position because they gave up the lead. They had the lead and they gave it up. When you're trying to get back into the game on a Hail Mary that got tipped four times, you're already grasping at straws. You're already, you know, playing in a hole. Yeah. You can't let the commanders come back into that game when you're up 18, especially when you're a new head coach and you're trying to change the culture around that team. Like you have to have guys buy into, to not allowing that comeback to happen from 18 points down. Well, exactly. It's, no you know, way. it was, it was a lucky Hail Mary that he even got the touchdown to put him in a position to go for two anyway. Yeah. And they just didn't get the two point conversion. That's all. Yeah. Well, I don't like, yeah, I don't care for the Broncos. I got to say like, there was a time when I thought they were pretty cool. I don't care for them at all. I don't like Russell Wilson. I did like Sean Payton with the saints, so I, but I just don't like Russell Wilson. I think. No, I think he's kind of rubbed. He's cringy. He's like even very subway cringy. commercials, everything is just cringy. Like I, there's no positive things to say about the guy right now. Yeah, I agree. Now, with that. to be fair, when he was in Seattle, there were still stories that every week he'd still go to the children's hospital. He was well liked in Seattle. He was very well liked in Seattle. Yeah. So I mean, I don't want to say he's a bad person. You know, but he just might have turned into a shitty person. We'd maybe know. just like unlikable in the locker room. I don't know. Maybe. But from a fan perspective, he's not really liked. No, he's not. He's he's very much taken a turn around the league. Yeah. Um, let's stay in the division for another player that I don't think is liked by anybody. His fantasy owners, um, his old teammates, um, his old fans, definitely not for sure. Kadarius Tony for the, the Chiefs. Now, the Chiefs went back to him early in game. Did you two. see this game? I did not, no. So, yeah, I watched bits and pieces of it. And... I don't know what this says about a team that they went back to him. They were using him a lot early. Now, don't you think that's trying to to bolster his confidence up and get him back to the player they think that he might be? Well, again, they're riding on potential because he never really panned out for the Giants. He came to the uh, Super Bowl winning um, Chiefs. Yep. And... He didn't have a bad season. I don't think midway he was the through the season, right? Impact guy, like he, he had treated plays, but you know he was just kind of standard run of the mill. I'd say no. He's always been the high potential guy, but he's never panned out. Yeah. He's a guy that you they 
when he was drafted, everybody said he was going to be the next Tyreek Hill. Yeah. So they went to him early a lot, and he still got a fumble in that game. Now, he did recover it, but it was for a loss. Yep. They're still having problems. Like, the wide receivers are having problems with their fumbling. They fumbled three times for two losses. Yeah. Um, they drop passes, and they're just like, they're killing the Chiefs' offense. I mean, if he was a kicker, he'd be gone by now. He'd probably never played in the league again. Losing you a game and then just making another mistake the next game. Yeah, no, he's got it. But like, why is anyone at this point? Why does anyone think he's going to change into the player that he that they want him to be? I don't know. It's a sports psychology thing now because like you have the ability, it just gets in your head. Those kind of little mental errors, right? That just becomes. And some people can't climb out of that. Do you think any of the mental toughness of like the people who can get out of their slumps and the people who can't? Do you think any of this comes from changing? But my my whole point about this was. What does that say about the organization? Because a lot of organizations give up on a guy and, you know, it's not working. Sorry, we're moving on with somebody else. I mean, you, and he's this still is a, a successful guy. organization. Yeah, yeah they I, seem I, like so far they're sticking with him. I think that's because they got him last year for probably picks midway through the season, I believe. Won a Super Bowl with them. So they know probably what they see in practice. They know that maybe he's well liked in the locker room amongst his teammates. Um, so maybe they want to be like, Hey, let's just at least make sure we get our money's worth out of this guy. If he doesn't produce, let's say by week eight, then maybe we just cut him loose. Yeah. We bench him. We put him as the kick returner. Like at some point, like he individually cost them a game. The first game was literally, he was playing for the lions. Yeah. He cost them a game. How many games can you allow a guy to lose you? In a position where he shouldn't be losing you the game. Yeah. Well, I mean, luckily, not luckily, but they still won, even though they're going through this problem of finding wide receivers that they can trust. It seems like MVS, Valdez Scantley, is their best receiver right now. Yeah. Which he wasn't the best receiver in Green Bay ever. Well, I'll correct you. It's probably still Travis Kelsey, but let's... uh, True, he's a tight end. He's a tight end. He's a tight end. We're talking wide receivers here. Just throw the ball to Kelsey. That's all you have to do. Yeah. That's all you have to do. Um, now, what I was going to say was, do you think any of this boils down to like preseason? Because you're not allowed to, like a lot of players don't play in the preseason games anymore. You're not allowed to have a certain amount of practices where pads are on and you're hitting. Uh, you can't really do two days anymore. Um, and you're restricted to the amount of time you have with the players based off of all of this stuff. Doesn't that, because the teams used to be sharper. Like even offenses now seem like they're not really in tune with what's going on. They all kind of still trying to get to know each other. Doesn't taking eventually they started doing this because they wanted everyone to be safer and healthier and have a longer lasting season health wise, but it's very much affecting the product on the field in the first three weeks of the season. And this is anecdotal, but I also feel injuries are up and injuries are up too, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. So I think I think it's just one of those things where it sucks, but you kind of got to get like you protect people too much, they kind of fall, they fall out of the rhythm of the contact. Yep, it is a contact sport. You can only keep somebody in a shell in a bubble for so long. Injuries will eventually happen. They are unfortunate. Um, and it's high yeah, risk I don't in, know if like high risk injury game. 
you know, the, the longer you hold them out and like the team, part of the team plays in preseason, part of the team doesn't, everybody's going to kind of be a different level of rust from the off season. So it, it takes to be a few like, games for them all to kind of catch up and get in, in sequence. It used to be a lot of players, high profile players, your Peyton Mannings, um, your Drew Breeses, your Tom Brady's, they would play like two, like two quarters, three quarters of preseason games. And just kind of like eventually the first game, they probably maybe play a quarter and then they play two and then they play three throughout the four games that they used to have in preseasons. Now they don't play any high profile players. Really, they play one quarter, like maybe one um, drive and then they're out for the rest of the, the game. So I'm going to use basketball as a reference, as a comparative. What we've noticed in basketball, a lot of people are criticizing is that more players are resting, but injuries are up. Yeah. And they just made a rule about that too. Yeah. I I think the rule though has more to do with fans kind of preserve, preserving the, like the dignity of the game. Like why are we, you know, like why are superstars resting all the time? Right. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it has so much to do about player safety as so much of like, listen, we do have a business product that we're trying to put out there. We need players to play. We can't have players not playing. hundred percent. Speaking of a player who didn't play. Great joke. I saw. Sorry. I gotta say Kawhi Leonard was at that Colorado State game. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So there's a lot of like uh, high-profile celebrities there, sports stars yeah. and stuff there. One of the jokes was like, fuck, Kawhi came to this game? He doesn't even go to Clippers games. <laughs> That's a great joke. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Okay, go back to, back to uh, football. A guy who didn't get a lot of play this past weekend. Um, he was in the game. He just didn't get a lot of touches. Brees Hall. And fans are asking for him to get the ball a lot more, but he is coming off of a pretty severe ACL injury. He had a great game the first night um, against the Pack, or sorry, not the Packers, the Bills. Um, but he only had four rushes for nine yards this past game. Like, is this a product of their offense being bad with Zach Wilson, or is this a product of the Cowboys' defense being great, or is this a product of them? Well, he, trying, you, did you hear him? Did you hear him in the the interview? What did he say? He was criticizing, I guess, the team for him not getting enough carries. And he said, I quote, we abandoned the run game. Now, does that have to do with trying to develop Zach Wilson more, get him kind of comfortable making passes, kind of get him a little more experience in a game you've kind of accepted you're going to lose? Or... Is that just the team is kind of falling apart on the offense a little bit? Like they kind of they don't have the quarterback. They're, let's be honest. I don't think anybody outside of maybe Zach Wilson himself has faith in Zach Wilson, and I don't even know if he's got faith in himself. No, he doesn't. No. So is that kind of just a telltale sign of that the offense is kind of imploding and they're starting to slowly hit the panic button more and more each week of kind of losing? the strength that they had, right? Like they have good running backs. Why wouldn't they utilize why wouldn't they utilize the run better? And they only gave Brees Hall four rushes four rushes and they gave Dalvin Cook four rushes only as well. The only player that's actually doing anything on this offense is Garrett Wilson, the receiver, 83 yards and a touchdown. He only got two receptions though. Yeah it's one just, of them was just a monster run. Yeah six one of them was 68 yards long. He had eight targets, two receptions like when you break that down, it's not great, especially when one of those passes went for 68 yards. Um, like, so, so what, what is the, what happened? I, I think then? it's like, one of those situations where it was all happy times. Like it was just, 
you know, green grass, blue skies. They got a Hall of Fame quarterback. They have kind of good guys in every position. The, the script was set. Everything was ready for a great season. And then they didn't account for the fact that, okay, well, we don't have a quarterback anymore. What are we going to do now? And I feel like they don't really have a backup plan on how this is going to go because they don't have faith in Zach Wilson carrying on from last year to win. Yeah. And, and they I, tried to they tried to yeah. give him as much pep talk and like sure, but I mean I, I just don't game. think he's developed that far along enough. Like from last season to this season, not enough has changed for him to be a better player. Simply for the fact of nothing has been done. You know he hasn't had a chance. Nobody's so just going to magically be a better player like that. So what do they do? They need to get a quarterback that they have faith in because I don't think they have faith in him. And when there's no collective um, belief, it's not going to work out. If okay, you so doubt yourself already, you've already lost. Let's let's think about who they can go get because, I mean, I'm looking at the teams that are 0-2 right now that look like they're going to be bad. And the only team I can think of that maybe wants to rebuild at this point if they lose two or three more games early in the season is the Minnesota Vikings and Kirk Cousins. Like maybe the Jets could go out and rent him. Yeah, absolutely. Would that would that be better? That'd be an upgrade from Zach Wilson, no? So this is the way I'm kind of trying to say this is there's the skill level upgrade, but then there's also just the the locker room, the vibe upgrade where I don't think people believe in Zach Wilson. I agree. And that that. is going to hinder the team as a whole. Right. So getting somebody else, at least it kind of clears the air of like, okay, well, this guy could work. Even if he's not the most skilled player, there's like a cloud of negativity with Zach Wilson right now. Yeah. Now, the only other team I'm looking at, like, that's Owen to the Texans aren't going to get, they don't have a quarterback to give up at Owen to like maybe Davis mills goes there, but he's also, no one really believes in him. Chargers Owen to Herbert. He's not going anywhere. Russell Wilson Owen to, he's not going anywhere. Not with that contract and what they gave up for him. Patriots, Mac Jones Owen to, if they give up on Mac Jones, it's the same division though. Would you trade a quarterback? In the I same don't, division? I do not think Bill Belichick will help a team Jets, in his division. Specifically the Jets. Yeah. I just, I, I don't think he'd give them a, a water boy as the quarterback. Well, if I, the Bears give up on Justin Fields, which I don't know if they will until later on this season, maybe he can go to the Jets. But then is he yeah. an upgrade to Zach Wilson? Like they're both kind of the same player, as in terms of like their high draft picks that aren't panning out. Yeah, but there's a difference. The Chicago Bears have been a terrible team all around. The Jets are one piece away. Right but now. Justin Fields is not that piece. Sure, but he just needs to be better than Zach Wilson. That's it. But man, I've been watching some of those passes that that uh, Justin Fields has been throwing. Like he can't read a defense at all. He's got guys wide open all over the field, and he's not even paying attention to them. Yeah. Um. But you have what to about think Mitch that... Trubisky. He's probably available. Where's nobody, he? Pittsburgh? Nobody. Nobody wants Mitch. But nobody wants Mitch Trubisky. I think Kirk Cousins would be the perfect rental player for the Jets. Absolutely. Um. Now, what do they have to give up to get him? Picks, fifth round pick, sixth round pick, maybe. It's not like Kirk Cousins is getting a one or a two. Maybe a four. I would say maybe a four. We could ask the fans, but uh, I feel like they're all crying from being harassed by the Eagles. Eagles fans in Philly, 
you see that? I did see that video. Yeah. So uh, it's a one-off video, and again, nobody really assaulted them. No, they're, they're just kind just of being assholes. That's being it. assholes. Yeah, it's literally a concession line of you have to walk through a bunch of assholes. Yeah, it comes off very lowbrow, but again, nobody threw a ball at him. Nobody threw a drink at him. Like nobody actually like you know did anything to right. harm them. But like, so as a fan, when you go to a game and you're on the visiting team. Isn't it more fun to go if you can banter with these people instead of just getting fingers thrown in your face? Yeah. So I think Philly has a reputation of being oh, some there's worst no think fans. There's no think about it. They have they are the worst fans. Yeah. Now there was an odd one that I didn't realize, but maybe it's a known thing. The fans in Pittsburgh were very classy when Nick Chubb got hurt. Especially because did you see Cleveland, what happened? Yeah, Cleveland is like their one of their biggest rivals, if not their biggest rival. And Nick Chubb gets hurt. They show it. They didn't show it on TV, the replay. They showed it in the stadium and you heard all of the Pittsburgh fans go, oh, oh." so, and then, you know, they applauded him off the field. They chanted his name in a respectful way, not like a taunting way. Yeah, they didn't. They were very, like, extremely respectful. But that's what you want. Like, that's what your fan base, that's a good fan base because nobody on Pittsburgh wants, like, none of the players on Pittsburgh want Chubb to get hurt either. So for him to get hurt in that way, and it looked bad. They all saw that it looked bad, um, and the internet posted it for all of us to see. But yeah, like that's that's the way fans should react. I get that the Eagles fans want to support their Eagles, but why not sit down with a Vikings fan at that game and kind of just be like, "Hey, next touchdown! Uh, if the Vikings get the next touchdown, I'll buy a beer. If uh, the Eagles get the next touchdown, you buy the next beers. Like, and just make it fun. Like, there's it. It really is just a game. Like, enjoy the game. Yeah. So my city, where I'm from, where I grew up, we only have one professional sports team left, really. That's kind of in a higher league. And uh, we're known for rioting. So I can't really talk too much shit about other teams. Yeah, but you were probably nice to the the other fans, though, that were there. You let them get out of the city before you rioted, I would like to think. The riot wasn't even about the sports. The riot was just about the riot. The first riot was kind of about the sports. The second riot was just, well, historically, we like to riot. That's what it was. 100%. Now, Tyreek also, Tyreek Hill, the Dolphins, when they played the Patriots this weekend, said the fans were trash. Um, Is there, when you are a fan, there are genuine unwritten rules when you go into these stadiums. Like, you're allowed to yell at players. Sure, like, all of us have yelled at players. What you say and what you do, though, like, the things you say are different. And certain things you do, you can't throw beers at players. You can't um, throw anything at players. You can't push players. You can't hold back players. You can't touch any of the players um, unless you're like celebrating really. So like, where, where is this line? Cause it's getting worse every year in every sport. So there's the obvious ones of like racial slurs, right? But of course the one, like even about that is you make a racial slur to a player. There's likely somebody in the crowd near you of the same race that you're making fun of a player anyway, right? Like, yeah. so somebody else might just punch you in the face anyway. Yeah. Um. So that's kind of an obvious off limits one. I think some of like the family stuff is off limits. You know, people yeah. will take offense, but death threats to there, to families and, yeah. and yourself. Um. But there's also like personal stuff now. How many people are going to frown on a, an away team taunting Deshaun Watson with massage jokes and things like that? I don't think a lot of people are going to like kind of look down on it too much, right? No. 
a no, lot of I players mean, who have like some sort of like criminal incident, do they get a pass? If you're kind of like you know, well, that's the line, right? about a personal thing. Are like, you the, crossing the line? There's there's no way that that we should let Deshaun Watson forget about the shit that he did. So, and he, the moment he made those decisions and got caught for doing them, like it kind of carte blanche to say that shit to him at the game. Well, that's my point. Like, I mean, you bought your ticket. You can kind of, I feel like you can harass the players. Let's not say in, the word harass, but you well, can get at, in, you can try to get that sort of way, skin. you know, like. You just can't, yeah. like you just, you can make it personal, but there's a point where personal becomes like, like now you're talking about the race of them or you're talking about like, um, you know, their kids or their wife or things like yeah. that, yeah. like that stuff, health stuff. But like the same with like, let's say I love Mike Vick, I, like Michael Vick. I loved him as a player, but if he's an opposing player on the team that I'm a fan of, I might just like bark like a dog when he's got the ball. Like it just, yeah, there's certain things you can and cannot do. Um, but, but there's okay, a line. It's well, getting like you're saying injuries. Can you not? Call out like you know if somebody's known for having a a bad ankle or a bad knee or something. You can't you can, tease them about that. You can tease them about it if it doesn't happen in the game. Like yo, I mean, like there's, Nick there's, getting there's up. low class if someone's being carted off. Yeah, like if a guy's you're, you're harassing them then. No, I'm if talking a, about like the guys just on the sidelines and you're there within earshot and you're just you're kind of heckling them, you know, like letting them know this is an away game. I'm always for that. Letting them know they're that's an away the game. home field advantage. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Throwing stuff at them. No, I can't know, there's, there, stuff. there is definitely a line of things you would not say. Yeah. And I think you just have to kind of use your judgment. Well, people have bad judgment. That's the thing. They have terrible judgment. Most that's why we have, have laws. The only reason why we have laws is because people have bad judgment. Agreed. Do you want to talk about the games coming up? Or we want to go. Let's. So last week, your picks: Eagles, Chargers, Niners, Giants. You were three and four. I was one and three with my Texas Chargers, Dolphins picks. You took um, gamble. So I think we had very different. I'm a gambler. Outlooks. We had very different outlooks on. We did. I've taken that into heart. Yeah. Like I was going for the locks, like the most likely win scenarios. You were just trying to get some money or something. I don't know. <laughs> I want the betters to to know what I think their bets should be. Yeah, but you didn't even have great odds. No, I was. But you just when you—that's how you win the most. That's how you win the most money. Yeah, it's called gambling. Um, you got three picks for this week. I do have three picks for this week. Do you want me to go first? Sure, go for it. I got the Chargers on the road in Minnesota. There is no line in this game because they cannot decide who deserves to win. Um, but I'm gonna go with the Chargers on the road. I know I picked them on the road last time. But uh, this time they're actually going to win on the road against a shit quarterback in Kirk Cousins. So does the losing quarterback have to go to the Jets? Is that the thing? Yeah, he does. Okay. He does. <laughs> if I was the Jets, I would be out there talking to Kirk Cousins in Minnesota every day. Yeah, I mean they're not going that far with him. No, that's what I mean. It's like they they have to rebuild. They know what he's after this year. They can cut him. And save a ton of money on their salary. So just let them go now. Yeah. Um, all right. Who you got? What's your first pick? I got Philly, who's Philly? minus five in Tampa. Okay. I mean, yeah, that's these, kind are, of a these loss. are two undefeated teams. These are yeah. two both both teams two and zero. Oh. Well, that's a risk, isn't it? That's more of a risk from your I think it's a risk, week? but 
this is also like if Tampa wins this, Baker Mayfield is for real. Oh, yeah. This is a huge statement game for Tampa. A yeah. huge statement game in Tampa. And it, and like we never thought they'd be able to win this game, but they're 2-0. Like they in that locker room, they have no reason to believe they can't win this game. No. Um, my next pick would be Dolphins. They're six and a half point favorites. See how I'm trying to get away from I'm trying to get bigger spreads for you, just because that's what you wanted from me last time. Uh Dolphins six and a half favorites at home versus the Denver Broncos. This is a division rivalry game, but the Broncos um still haven't shown me that they can get it done. Russell Wilson has not shown me yeah. that he can get it done. Since we both share notes, why don't you just make the last pick? Because both our last two picks are the same. I can already see that. So, Oh, yeah. Look at that. You just wrote Miami. I wrote Dolphins. Yeah, yeah. we have both of the same last picks. This is yeah. not exciting for our listeners at all. Um, we both picked the Dolphins at six and, home, six and, oh, six and a half point favorites versus the Denver Broncos. What? Why did you choose this pick? Like, I don't believe in Russell Wilson. What made you? Is it just that faith in Miami being that like the best team in the league right now? Yeah, I've been on this, like, Denver is not a good team bandwagon for two years. They're not a good team. No. They're not a good I've, team. I have no faith in Denver. To and do then it. our lock, if you're in, like, a survival pool or a suicide pool, whatever you call it, I think, I mean, you might not want to use the Kansas City Chiefs this early, or you already have used them this early against the Lions in week one, and you're out. But they're not going to disappoint you again. They are at home, 12 and a half point favorites against the very, 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 very shitty Chicago Bears. That's as close to a gimme as you'll get in this league. That is 100% as close to a gimme. Travis Kelsey out there and Chris Jones back to just run terror over Justin Fields. Chiefs win this game. Now, I noticed we have different games of the week. What's your game of the week here? Uh, Lions Falcons, man. Like, explain. The Lions, like the Falcons, are two and zero. They might be real, and the Lions are one and one. They should be two and zero. It should be a Lions two and zero versus Falcons zero and two. And this game shouldn't mean anything. But it has all of a sudden gotten very, very interesting Sunday morning at ten a.m. Uh, but also, I'm a homer. So what? What am I supposed to say? Who you got? So oh, there's the one guy. I got two games. There's the one game we already discussed. Chargers Vikings. I think that's a big game for two teams who are both kind of expecting to be doing better than they are right now. Yeah. And then I got another two teams that are one of them's own one and one of them's one and one. One of them's own two is New England and New York Jets. Season that's a bit of a rivalry game. game. That's a divisional game. Yeah. And they're both kind of in a pivotal position right now. The Patriots need to get their first win of the season, and the Jets need to figure out their identity for the year. Are they going to just suffer with Zach Wilson or do they need to make a move? Do you think it's going to be a good game though? Like a watchable game? I think it could go one of two ways. Mac Jones could, could kind of ignite the offense in new England. New England usually finds a way to make no name players play better in new England than they do anywhere else. Right. And the jets have, Exciting players on defense and offense. The Jets have the one of the better defenses in the league. Yeah. Yeah. Which got smoked by Dallas. So what does that say about their defense? <laughs> did they get smoked? Yeah, 30 points. Um, but did the they were not in that game? Well, when you're they couldn't offense, stop Dallas. That's what I mean. Is but also there's a lot of field goals here. One, two, three, four. Like the second half, it was all field goals. 
So, I mean, that's actually not that bad. And then they only got two touchdowns. Two offensive touchdowns the Cowboys did. So the defense held everybody to field goals. Like, I don't know. I think that defense is still good. Those that game was they are good. I don't even know. I think Sauce Gardner is um exciting. No, I think he's uh he's getting an interception this week. All right. I like that. Take that bet. I like that. Yeah. Mac Jones interception to the house or just an interception? Just an interception. Ah, boo. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say he takes it to the house. Okay, pick six it. Pick six. And we'll end this episode on that. Thank you everybody for everybody for listening. We will be back next week on running down the clock. Hey, if you're a fan of Formula One, then I've got the perfect podcast for you. The Pit Stop Podcast, presented by the Ordinary Podcasting Network. After every single race of the Formula One schedule, Jordan and Tyler will break it down, give you some news, analysis, insight, before answering your questions and setting you up for the next race. That's the Pit Stop Podcast, available everywhere you get your podcasts. Running Down the Clock is brought to you by the Ordinary Podcast Network and is every Thursday running until the week after the Super Bowl. We hope you enjoyed enough to subscribe and tune in again next week.